0: Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Blessed New Year, it's all good. If you have your uh, Bible, you have your notes today, we want to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8 and believe and start there today. But let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for your amazing presence. Wow. You can do more in 30 seconds with your presence than we could do in a lifetime of just teaching and training and equipping. All your words that you uh, released a few minutes ago through uh, the worship, Lord, and through Jennifer, we thank you. And Lord, we come right now, and Holy Spirit, I ask you to anoint me and do what only you can do, Holy Spirit. I, I can't change lives. Only you can do that. So I'm asking you today, Holy Spirit, to come alongside, give us revelation today, teach us your word in your name. Hey, we're in a series called Supernatural. Say supernatural. And um, we said, to live a supernatural life, it's really all about the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times, people are afraid of that term, Holy Spirit. I had someone talk to me after the <clears throat> service today and said, you know what? I've been going to church for 35 years, and I've only heard any, someone teach on the Holy Spirit one other time and this time. She said, why is it that there's such a lack of teaching on the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, I think it's a lot of times because the Holy Spirit has been packaged in such a wrong way that people turn off the blessing of God for us to live a powerful life because they've seen abuses. So the very first week, I said, let's start simple on a blank sheet of paper. Let's understand what Holy Spirit means. Spirit in the Old Testament is the word rock. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma, which simply means wind. Say wind. Or it means breath. Say breath. So it's like a breath of fresh air or wind in your sail that will help you through life. So it gives you power. So we looked at the first week. So if you weren't here, you might want to go back on the website, Facebook, uh, and YouTube and take a look at those. And then also the second week, we looked at the word Pentecost. What does Pentecost mean? It's not somebody who wears a lot of makeup or someone who wears a little makeup. It's not wearing a bun on top of your head that's known as bondage. Pentecost simply means 50. Say 50. And it was a day in which the Lord poured out this freshness, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So today I want to continue in this and I want to talk about supernatural filling. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 there in your notes. Would you read it out loud with me this morning? But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be filled with power. This is Jesus talking. And he said, I'm making you a promise. One thing I know about the Lord: when the Lord makes a promise, he keeps it, right? And he said, I'm going to fill you, I'm going to fill you uh, with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're going to receive power. You're going to begin to operate in power supernatural and we say is oh, that what is this spooky scary no it just means that he's going to take the natural of my life and he's going to add his super to it and I'll be able to live a victorious Christian life and be able to impact people that's really scary isn't it no that's something we need we need that filling the word "they're filled he said I will you'll be filled One translation of the word filled describes the concept of a wind. You might want to take a picture of that because you won't have time to write it down. One translation of the word filled describes the concept of the wind filling the sail of a ship as it carries it out to sea. By that definition, to be filled with the Spirit is to allow God to fill the sails and to guide your course through life, making his commands a delight, not a drudgery. Another meaning of that word filled is to simply to mean to be immersed or to be baptized. Um, And there are three baptisms that I want to talk about today. People say, well, I just thought I heard about, you know, the baptism of water and baptism of the Holy Ghost. You mean there's three? So let's look at these today and let's learn something. Um, Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 through 2 there in your notes says, now it's time for us to progress beyond the basic message of christ and to advance into perfection in other words we need to keep moving deeper into a greater revelation of the lord the foundation has already been laid for us to build upon and here's the foundation that we turn away from our dead works embrace faith in god teaching about different what baptisms plural impartation by the laying on of hands Resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. The word there, baptisms, is uh, the word baptismos, And it means to wash, to dip, to be fully immersed into something. It means that there is a baptizer that baptizes you into something. It's a picture of if you had, if you had a white cloth and you had a red vat of uh, dye... You take the white cloth, and you immerse it into the red dye, and when you pull it out of the red dye, it's no longer white, but now it has the red that's there ingrained into it itself. But there was somebody who dipped it, right? So in all of these baptisms this morning, there's going to be a baptizer, and then something that we're baptized into. So let's talk about these three this morning. First one is that we're baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. We call this salvation. Let's say it together. Baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. It's called salvation. The Holy Spirit draws us and points us towards a relationship with Jesus. And then at that moment, when we experience regeneration, or at that moment when we invite Christ into our heart and into our life, you have nothing to do about it, but in the twinkling of an eye, the Holy Spirit, who is the baptizer, baptizes us into the body of Christ. And so, if you look around here this morning, people that are, have uh, given their hearts to the Lord, if you would consider yourself a christ follower today would you raise your hand just raise your hand if you consider yourself a christ follower so look around those are people that are part of the body of christ that means they're part of your body and so when how, how that we're joined together into one body is that we begin to serve jesus christ invite him into our life do you understand that so here's uh paul talking about that he says for by one spirit so even if you didn't understand the theology, the grammar of all of these baptisms, they have a different subject. The subject, the one that's doing the baptism here is whom? The Holy Spirit, right? Is that what it says? For by, this refers to who's doing the baptism, for by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, we're all immersed and mingled into one single body, no matter our status, whether we're Jews non-jews democrats republicans independent oppressed or free we're all privileged to drink deeply of the same holy spirit isn't that amazing that means sometimes in life you need to suck up your own opinion and make room for other people who have may have a different opinion than you because they're part of the body and uh, yeah so that's good this is the baptism This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a different baptism, and it's called a baptism in or with the Holy Spirit, and I'll talk about that as a third one today. So, when did it happen to the disciples? Well, turn with me to John chapter 20, and let me show you this baptism, baptism that the Holy Spirit does baptizing us into the body of Christ. John chapter 20 verse 19. This is when the disciples were baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus. The Sunday evening the disciples, this is after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them, peace be with you. I think he had to say that because, say that because it was about to pass out. The doors were locked, they looked around, then all of a sudden, poof, Jesus is right there. Hey, is that going to be cool when we get to heaven or what? I don't have to knock on your door, I just poof, just show up. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? And so he says to them, uh, peace be to you. Then he whew, breathed on them and said, read it with me, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. What is he doing? Well, up till now, their sins have never been forgiven. You say, but they were disciples. They were preachers. They were following Jesus. But they were operating under the old covenant because their sins couldn't be forgiven until Jesus died, was buried, resurrected, took that offering, that peace offering toward God. And so now he comes back And one of the first things he says to them is that you need to be baptized now into me. You need this baptism of the Holy Spirit so that your sins can be forgiven and you can begin serving me. Isn't that awesome? And so uh, then he tells them about another baptism in Acts chapter 1 that's going to be, that still is going to happen for them. So that first baptism was a baptism of the Holy Spirit that baptized them, uh, signified that their sins had been forgiven. Some of you are a little dreary about that because you thought, you mean they've been preaching and doing all of that and their sins were never forgiven? No, they were operating the old covenant. The old covenant is everybody looked by faith toward the coming of the Messiah. Just like today, we look for our sins to be forgiven, we look back to the coming of the Messiah, the death of the cross. So they look towards the cross, and we look back to the cross. So the whole time that the 12 disciples are following Jesus until this moment, they're operating under the old covenant of believing that one day the Messiah will come. And now the Messiah comes and he says, receive the Holy Spirit, receive this baptism. Wow, aren't you glad that's happened to you also? wow so he says in acts chapter 1 verses 3 through 5 during the 40 days after he suffered and died he appeared to the apostles from time to time to prove to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of god once while they were he was eating with them he commanded them do not leave jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I thought he just did that in John 20. No, that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptizing them as a believer. But he says, I don't want you to start ministry. I don't want you to start evangelizing. I don't want you to start trying to do ministry until you have been baptized with or in the Holy Spirit. So, there are two different ones. But now let's look at the one in between real quick, and then I'll come back to this third one. Number two, we are baptized in water, and we are baptized by a believer. He says in uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he says, after you become a believer, after you've been baptized... By the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, then you need to be baptized in water notice the pattern notice the pattern You become a believer and then you get baptized So people who ask the question well, I was baptized as a child or I was baptized in another church I simply say this Did you follow the pattern you gave your heart to the Lord? You were redeemed you repented of your sins and since that time have you been baptized in water? Romans chapter 6 is a powerful passage that talks about uh, being set free. Here's something I've learned in 50 something years of ministry. When people skip over water baptism, they struggle with disobedience for the rest of their life because Jesus says, repent and be baptized. So if you repent and you're not baptized, you're You have already sown a seed of rebellion that I'm not going to do what he says I should do So I've noticed this that people who skip over water baptism. It's more than just a sign Uh, There's a whole lot more that happens to you Uh, That they struggle they struggle with tithing They struggle with a lot of things that has to do with obedience in the new testament church Being baptized in water did not secure your salvation. It secured your position as a disciple It was a, we raise hands, we fill out a card, we pray. But for them, the sign that you were a disciple of Jesus Christ is that you were fully baptized, immersed in water. So if you haven't experienced that, I pray that you use that connection card and sign up for our next water baptism. So let's jump to number three. There is the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. Baptism with. Or you can also say, in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3 and 11. I baptize with water. This is John the Baptist talking. Those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone who's coming soon is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave or to carry his sandals. Read this out loud with me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire who is the he who is the he so in the first baptism who was the baptizer holy spirit baptizing us into jesus and then in the second one who is the baptizer in the baptism in water who is the baptizer a believer a believer not just clergy, but believer in the New Testament. If you led somebody to the Lord, you could baptize them. We have parents baptize their kids. Uh, we have people that uh, stand alone and baptize. So we're baptized by a believer into water, right? But now here, we're baptized by Jesus with or in the Holy Spirit. He says, I baptize you with the Holy Spirit, Mark 1 and 8. So even if you don't understand theology... Grammar is different. First baptism, the Holy Spirit baptizes. Second baptism, the believer baptizes. The third baptism, in or with the Holy Spirit, Jesus baptizes us. Wow. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 38. Peter said, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? It's very clear, the pattern there. Be saved, repent, baptized in water, and then baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit in our life. I mean, that doesn't take a theologian to see that pattern. It's there. Let me show it to you, uh, even beyond just the beginning here in in Acts. Let's look at Acts chapter. Let me join. Let's jump to Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter eight. This is actually five years, say five years, five years after Pentecost. So when people say, "Well, that's just you know the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit." which just happened on the day of Pentecost. Number one, they've never read the book of Acts. Number two, they don't understand church history of how that this has been ongoing. And I'm not saying that to diminish. I'm just saying that we came, the very first week of this, and I said, let's start with a blank page. Let's see what the scripture says. Not what Uncle Billy Bob said, not what you read on the internet, but what does the word say? So the first week, we said, Holy Spirit means wind or breath. Second of all, We said that on the day of Pentecost, the Lord poured out his spirit 50 days after Passover. So today we're just simply saying there is a baptism in or with the Holy Spirit that gives us supernatural power to live a Christian life. So let's see if the pattern continues. Acts chapter 8, five years after Pentecost, beginning at verse 12. Now, the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. As a result, many men and women were baptized, baptized in water. Now look at verse 14. Now the God squad from Jerusalem, the apostles, uh, came down and they heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message and then they sent Peter and John there. So they had heard back in Jerusalem that the people down there have been uh, baptized into the body of Christ. They've become saved, and they've been baptized in water. And in verse 16, um, actually, let me read verse 15. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had been only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Notice the pattern, the same pattern. Now, let's look over to uh, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. This is uh, 25 years after Pentecost. 25 years, if you want to make a note in your Bible. 25 years. So 25 years later, the pattern is still going. When Apollos was in Corinth... Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several what? Several what? They were already believers. These are not newbies. They're already believers. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? You know, repent of your sins, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. The baptism that Jesus does into or with the Holy Spirit. Now, isn't that amazing? we'd say, well, I, I was always taught that it all happened at the same time. And, I, and a lot of us were. You know, that's, that's how we came up. Because we never really saw in the Scripture, no one pointed this out to us. But if it happened, here, here's a question. If both baptisms, number one and number two that I talked about, happen at the same time, why would Paul, master theologian, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who should know theology, right? He doesn't say, oh, since, since you gave your heart to the Lord, then you've received all there is for the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say that. He says, you're already a believer. You've been baptized in water. And he asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit that Jesus baptizes us when you believed? He said, no, we haven't even heard of a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? And he said, the baptism of John. John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with other tongues, and they prophesied. Some people say, well, I just, I I thought they were all the same. Let me show you a verse in 1 John 5, 7, and 8. 1 John 5, 7, and 8 on the screen there all right for there are three that bear witness in heaven the father the word and the holy spirit and these three are one so it says in heaven there are three that bear witness to the supernatural life and they are who the father the word and the holy spirit or we could say the father the son jesus is the word and the holy spirit right Three, in heaven, that witness that there is a supernatural life. There is a power for your life. And they testify to that in heaven. Now, on earth, it's symbolized by three different witnesses on earth. Look at this. The spirit, the water, and the blood. The blood represents Jesus, right? That's the first baptism. And the water, and then the spirit. So, John is saying, listen, there's the pattern." The three baptisms, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that baptizes us into new life in Jesus, the water baptism, and then the baptism that Jesus does, baptizing us into or with the Holy Spirit. So here's some questions I'd like for you to ask yourself right now. Number one, have I only experienced one or two of the baptisms Maybe you've you've given your heart to the Lord, but you've never been baptized in water. Why not? If it's it's a progressive step that Jesus has for you, or maybe you say, you know what? I've never been baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit. I I, I didn't even know that that was possible, but I see it here. Uh, Here's the second question. Do you want a supernatural power to help you? I mean I'm I'm signing up, right? I'm signing up for all the help that I can get. I was sitting here a few minutes ago and here's my prayer. Lord, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough to do this. I can't change people's lives. I can't help them in life. I can only point them towards you. And I am totally dependent on you. And if you and Holy Spirit, if you don't put fresh wind in my sail, I I'm just a noisemaker. Listen, what if I told you? I had an encounter with God. And God gave me the ability to dance supernaturally. Yeah. I mean, I go to the gym every week and Al makes me try to balance on that crazy bocy ball, whatever you call it. You know, it's a half of a ball. Stand there and do weights and stuff and I'm falling off in this because I don't have any balance. So if I told you, I've had an encounter with God. I'm fly. Is that a word? I don't know. I think that, I, don't, I just, is that okay, AJ? I have no idea. That just came to me. I looked at you and it came to me. So you, you, you communicated that to me. By the way, congratulations on your team, man. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, South Sumter. Wow. AJ's a great coach and a great guy and a great friend. Uh, you can pay me later, AJ. Okay. So thank you. <laughs> So I say to you man since I had this encounter I, I'm I'm slick I mean finesse I glide across the stage and and you, that's exactly what you would ask right no. Show me <laughs> And so I get up AJ is closing his eyes right there <laughs> You'd say I don't think You had an encounter with God, right? Right? Because there should be a telling of that. So here's what I'm asking. If you have received this baptism from Jesus into or with the Holy Spirit, there should be some results in your life. I mean, you shouldn't be struggling with the same things that everybody else is struggling with in your life. Uh, And so, yeah, you say, well, you know, Terry, i got to be honest with you. I I could use a zap. I I could use the power of the Holy Spirit. I I could use that in my life, right? We could use that as a church. So what do I need to do? Well, here's some next steps, all right? Real quick. Here's some next steps. Remove all barriers. Remove all barriers. You need to just get open and say, God... I want to look at your word. I want to read your word. I want to re-listen to this teaching. I want to look at the others. I want to check it out, make sure that it lines up with the word. I, I want to do that. And, and I'll, just, I'll just get rid of all my preconceived ideas. Number two, I request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit from Jesus. Jesus said, so if you, Luke 11, 13... So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, read it out loud with me, please, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And guess what? If you ask Father for Holy Spirit, he doesn't send you an evil spirit. I hear people say things like this. Well, I'm just afraid because I've seen crazy people. How many have seen crazy people? I was raised with crazy people, okay? I think at times I was and am a crazy people. And, and we get that in mind. Well, I'm, I'm afraid that if, if I ask, I might, I might get a demon. Are you kidding me? Do you have any confidence in your salvation? You asked Jesus to come into your life, and did you doubt? Oh, if I ask him to come into my life, he may give me a demon. You never thought about that, then why is it when you say, let's ask, and you think, well, I might get something that's, that's false. Where did that idea come from? It came from the enemy who doesn't want you to walk in the supernatural, who doesn't want you to have power for everyday living, who doesn't want you to have this gift that the Lord has. So I, so I just ask him, Lord, I, what all you have for me, I want. And second of all, I receive him by faith, by faith. Everything that God has is by faith. He doesn't zap you and knock you out it's an element of faith. Listen, I want to live my life in such a way that it is unexplainable without the Holy Spirit. I want to be so dependent upon him that not, I want I want to so deeply desire the spirit of God that things happen in my life that can't be faked. That there's no human reason. You realize that even a church can grow without the Holy Spirit power. Do you understand that? You can see them all around you today. And I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just saying, if you take a charismatic speaker, a talented worship team, and some creative elements, people will attend a church. That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is active, welcome, and moving in people's lives. It just simply means we've created a space that is appealing to, For people to come to our church for an hour or two on Sunday. And they leave unchanged, still struggling, and not flowing in the supernatural. Here's my heart's desire. There's a time in my life I was really excited about when a great crowd would come to hear me preach. But you know what? I'm really not excited about a crowd that come to hear me preach anymore. Because it's really not about me. I mean, I love a crowd, all right? It's this greater worship when we have a crowd but crowds can come and never be changed but here's here's my heart when you come to the Father's house that you don't leave saying man that was like the greatest sermon I ever heard in my life I give people permission to come and, and leave and say well I've heard better that doesn't bother me if the second part happens people would say you know wow that's that's pretty good worship today, but, you know, the sound was a little off. You know, it's just, and, and if they were really a really professional, good sounding church, the sound would be just right. Now, the sound was good today, right? Okay? So it's good. I, gotta get, I got in trouble in the last service, so I'm going to tread lightly. I'm not even going to go down that path right now. But here's what I want to hear people when they walk out that building. I didn't really understand everything that went on. But when that girl was playing the keyboard, and Andrea and Eddie were on their knees, I knew why they were on their knees. Because I felt the same presence of God. And I can't explain Him. I, can't under, I don't understand everything. But I tell you, I experienced what I know was the presence of an everlasting, powerful God. And my life can never be the same again. That's my goal here at the Father's house. That, that's my goal. Because, you see, we can't do this on our own. Uh, you know, we need gifts. Say, you know, if you come over to my house and I say, come over and help me. I need to cut down the tree. And I pull out my trusty pocket knife that has a Damascus steel blade. Those of you who know, that's a really good, good pocket knife right here, okay? So I said, we're, we're going we're to cut this tree down. Now, we could do it it would probably tear up my knife. Probably wear us out. And we'd still be waiting next Christmas to tear that tree down. But I'll tell you what I could do. I could take my trusty steel chainsaw and I could grab that thing and crank it and I could turn that thing. So what's the difference? It was just super. It was just power. See, we can try to live Believer's life, but the Lord doesn't want us to live that by by ourselves. Or we can say you know what? I'm gonna go cut the weeds the grass So one grassy two grassy three grassy four grassy Now it could still be done right, but it's gonna take me longer But I'll tell you what I like to do I like to take the weed whacker Anita likes the weed whacker, so I say Anita you feel like weed whacking? She doesn't take this. She's smarter than I am. She grabs that one, cranks that thing. Wow. Normal is not working for us. Normal is not working for us. We need a fresh filling. In the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, "Be ye continually being filled with the Spirit." The last thing there, the next step, last thing number four is that relate to Him every day, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the say it with me, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Say. I'm not wanting us to just, let's just zap up. Let's get so full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's get, we lay hands on people, knock them out, and we can do this and we can do that. And uh, You know, uh, some people, they do that, they, they just want to show. We don't want to show. We want to walk in that intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, but I can't always be bodily with you. So I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the comforter, And he's going to guide you. You hear a voice from behind that says, this is the way to walk in it. You'll be walking down, you'll hear that voice of the Holy Spirit directing you and guiding you. How many of you believe today here at the Father's house, we need to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and be baptized as Jesus wants us to be baptized? Would you raise your other hand right now? And let's just pray. Holy Spirit, give us us fresh filling today. Holy Spirit, give us a fresh filling today. And if you've never received this baptism that Jesus has for you, you can receive him today, but fill us afresh today. Lord Jesus, please don't let us go another year operating in and out. But let us operate in the fullness of the Holy Spirit to give us power. I can't do this on my own, Lord. But Holy Spirit, you come alongside of us. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, next week, you don't want to miss. I'm going to take this to another level, be our last one. And then the first Wednesday of March, we're going to do for the rest of the year, Holy Spirit on Wednesday nights. We're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit when we talk about um, a, a prophecy, a word of prophecy like she gave this morning. You wonder, what was that? That was just the Holy Spirit flowing through her, giving a word of encouragement to us. I'm going to teach on that. We'll look at that. And then we'll actually take time to practice flowing in the different gifts. When it comes time for miracles or healings, we're going to take time to do that. We'll understand how that operates where does that work? And then next week, I'm going to try to bring some clarity. I won't take a host service, just hit a little bit. The clarity on the difference of the grace gift of my personal prayer language that I do personally on my own and the gift of the Holy Spirit, tongues that would be operating in the church on a, on a day. But when it's operating in the church, it has to be one, one, given, and then someone to interpret that. And if not, we're to remain silent because there's order. So we're not looking about getting out of order. We're just looking about coming under the power of the supernatural presence of the Lord. Because we can't do this thing, church, with, with, without him. So let me pray for, let's bow our heads, and some of you that are here today, and maybe you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. And you'd say today, you know what, Terry? I need to start with square one. I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me today. I need to come to Jesus. I, uh, I feel like he's drawing me like a, like a, a, a magnet to him. and I, I need his presence. I need him in my life to forgive me of my sins. Maybe years ago you walked with him, but lately you've walked away from him. But today you'd like to rededicate your life or surrender your life today for the first time. Would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me and let me pray with you today? Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Others today, there's three, four. Others today say, yeah, that's me. That's me today. I want to do that. Thank you, ma'am. Five, six, thank you, seven. Others today say, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Eight, nine. Listen, look at me for just a moment. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I can give you the words, but it's you surrendering your life, realizing I I can't continue on this way. I I need Jesus directing my life. Carrie sings the song, Jesus, take the wheel. That's the prayer that we're getting ready to pray. We're just simply saying, I'm going to get out of the driver's seat. I'm going to turn the wheel of my life over to you. Because I realize, unless you're driving this, I'm going nowhere on purpose. But I know today that you can forgive me of my past. You can give me a purpose for my present. And you can give me the promise of eternal life with you. Isn't that awesome? So would you pray this prayer with me today, with those eight or nine that raised their hand today? Lord Jesus, in your word, you said, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you died for my sins and you rose again, and that your Lord... I could be forgiven of my sins, so I take the pattern and I repent of my sins, and I want to be baptized in water, and I'd like for you to fill me with your spirit in Jesus. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.